I hit you up, I'm talking about bangers. Chill off in your crib and half a thing, probably make a thing or something. Girl, you like my bottom yeah. Post my bill, pay for my lawyer. Play your position when the mother hoes get out of order. When you wanna give me that, you purchase a plane ticket. Run around town when I bust a pound in my shit. In the lane, did it? Got a kick. I catch me realistic. Basically, if you switch labels, you should pay me. I'm on some pimp shit for real. This 2 a.m. club was about to close up. Coming through my contacts, about to call one of my hoes up. Then I met you, kick game and followed you to the breakfast spot. You like I'm ready to that night up in the Marriott. You got your cherry pop. Talking, switching up positions. Thought the shit would never stop. Motherfucker in the mission. Ain't like When you wanna give me that you put this is a plane ticket Run around town when I bust the town in my shit like them names did it Got that kick, I really got that kick, I 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 got that Hit you up, I'm talking about bangers, son Chill off in your crib and half a thing Probably make the thing or something Girl, you like my bottom, yeah Post my bill, pay for my lawyer Play your position when the mother hoes get out of order When you wanna give me that You purchase a plane ticket Run around town when I bust a town in my shit Them names did it, got a dick I really, I catch me realistic Basically, if you switch labels, you should pay me I'm on some pimp shit for real This 2 a.m. club was about to close up Coming through my contacts, about to call one of my hoes up Then I met you, kick game and followed you to the breakfast spot. You like I'm ready to that night up in the Marriott. You got your cherry pop. Talking, switching up positions. Thought the shit would never stop. Motherfucker in the mission. Ain't like funny. Nigga, I ain't like rent. Take a swag out of this 40. You got numbers, start the spice. And I want to make that night, yeah. I got double that to taxes. I'm not waiting on my life. I'm not even up at my bracket.
when you wanna give me that You purchase a plane ticket Run around town when I bust the down Then my shit look them names, dude It got a kick with my dick's mirror lips, dude Basically, if this bitch lay with me She paying me, I'm on some pimp shit for real This 2AM club was about to close up Coming through my contacts About to call one of my hoes When I hit you up, I'm talking about bangers, son Chill off in your crib with half a thing Probably make the spang or something Girl, you like my bottom, bitch Post my bill, pay for my lawyer Play your position when the mother hoes get out of order When you wanna give me that You purchase a plane ticket Run around town when I bust the town Then my shit look them lanes, dude It got a dick with my dick's mirror lips, dude Basically, if this bitch lay with me, she paying me I'm on some pimp shit for real This 2AM club was about to close up Coming through my contacts About to call one of my hoes Then I met you, kick game and followed you to the breakfast spot Look you like I'm ready to that night up in the Marriott You really think that your cherry pop Talk and switching up position Thought the shit would never stop Motherfucker in the mission Ain't like Sonic That nigga I ain't like Frank Take a swag out of this 
host over seven different Madden leagues and seven other leagues. We have over 150 different members here. So if you're checking this out for the first time, welcome to our weekly Madden podcast that we do here for the OMFL each and every week. Usually I have a couple of co-hosts with me, but uh, tonight I'm flying a little solo. It's late on a Saturday night. Everybody else kind of had plans tonight. So uh, we're going to just jump right into it and go to our game of the week and talk about our game of the week. And usually we skip the week that we're in, but we've only got two games left, I think. Yeah, only two games left, Giants and Broncos and then Saints and Falcons. And um, I just didn't want to skip one of the games that I got to do this week. So the Lions and the Packers are going to be my game of the week. I actually got to call this game with commentary. So go check that out. I'll make sure that I add the link in the description. But I got to do a game with commentary. And there's a bunch of good games going on that day. And honestly, I didn't think this was going to be one of them. I thought that this might be a blowout one way or the other. I thought this one... Could get ugly pretty quickly and it did get ugly in its spots but man uh it also got really really entertaining you can see 479 offensive yards for the lions 438 offensive yards for the green bay packers it was a complete back and forth all passing yards almost 335 to 339 20 first downs to 15 first downs you can see here it was 20 unanswered points by green bay and then another 20 unanswered points by the Detroit Lions. And so it's just kind of this back and forth, back and forth type of game that was just really crazy to watch. Six turnovers for the Green Bay Packers, four turnovers for the Detroit Lions. And I really encourage everybody to go back and watch this game if you haven't got to see it, just because you'll see me kind of rant and rave about, um, about why teams who struggle in this league with consistency why they struggle and why I feel like they struggle. These two teams really showed that uh, throughout this game. They they struggled with just doing the consistent things that really, really good teams do well in this league. And neither one of these teams did that well in this game. Uh, we had one fourth down conversion for the Green Bay Packers. Only All these yards, all these first downs, there was only five third down conversions for the Detroit Lions, only three for the Green Bay Packers. And you can see the 26 minutes to 17 minutes uh, in the time of possession that kind of wore on the Green Bay Packers light. So the way this one kind of ended was it was a back and forth. Uh, Detroit jumps out early. They look like they have the game in handle. And then all of a sudden, Green Bay comes roaring back with some bad Detroit Lions uh, play calling, some that kind of left the head scratching. Green Bay comes back 20 unanswered points, takes a large lead into halftime, comes back after halftime, puts up more points to really extend that league. And to be honest, I thought that the game was going to be over at that point. Luckily, the Detroit Lions didn't get in their own head. They fought. They battled back. Their quarterback, O'Neal, really made some great throws down the stretch and came back, gets a game winner, has the lead with, I think, one minute, a minute nine left to go. Green Bay drives the field within three or four, maybe five place tops. They hit a long bomb down to their receiver for a long touchdown. St. Brown, I think is his name. We'll look at his stats here in just a minute. He takes the lead with 13 seconds left, goes into overtime. Both of these teams back and forth. Green Bay gets the ball, throws a pick six. Unbelievable. That's how Detroit wins. But it kind of, to me, uh, that's how it probably should have ended because there was no other way to end. I don't know why my hat's all funky-fied tonight. My bad. It just kind of is what it is. I'm not here to fashion show it. Uh, Roger struggled. Like he had these moments of unbelievable passes and making big plays. And then he had moments where he really struggled 
with his decision making four touchdowns but six interceptions four of those came to one player slay darius slay was x-factored most of this game he picked on aaron Rodgers the entire game it seemed uh he just couldn't seem to, to stop throwing picks to um to slay no matter what he tried to do he kept throwing picks uh, back and forth back and forth back and forth so uh it really was a struggle for his team and uh, Aaron Rodgers was the, the cusp of that struggle. Uh, O'Neal really played well for a rookie. Uh, I, well, he's a first-year guy, but um, 351 yards. He made big throw after big throw in this game. The two touchdowns were spectacular. The three picks, two of those were just bad, bad decisions. I mean, he's got to make better decisions when he's got the ball and when he's got opportunities to make plays. He gave up four sacks, the Detroit Lions did. A lot of those were coverage sacks. Um, his defensive line gave a lot of push for Green Bay right up the middle with Daniels. Uh, and Rodgers only had one sack, so he really stayed clean most of the day. This is where this game got frustrating. You can see here, Mac, 18 rushes, 134 yards, a 7.4 carry uh, average, one touchdown with the one big fumble, which is a crazy, crazy play that happened for the Detroit Lions. If he would have had this more like 23 rushes, 24 rushes, this game would have never been that close. The Detroit Lions would have probably ran away to blow out. Uh, they really had this game in tow, but got away from Mac, started putting the ball in O'Neal's hands. He started turning the ball over. Jones, 13 carries for 76 yards. Again, a little frustrating because he only had 13 carries. He was averaging 5.8 yards a carry. His backups, 4.7, 4.3. These guys were just gashing Detroit right up the middle. Jones had a really long run. Uh, I think it might show it on here. Yeah, long of 34 for a touchdown. It was like right up the middle. Uh, he wasn't even touched. And so you want to see these teams get back to giving their player players that are making plays, give them the ball more often. Chew that clock. Let that run set up the pass. And that's what Detroit was doing early. And for some reason, they just got away from it. And it ended up burning them pretty good. Receiving Galloway had a tremendous day in, uh, today. I mean, he seemed to be catching everything no matter who was around him. He had 10 catches for 189 yards, one touchdown on the day, but he had a couple like over double coverage and triple coverage. Eifert was making big plays for Green Bay here, five for 107. Hockerson making big plays. That's why he's a pro bowler, seven for 88 with a touchdown. And then Fowler had a pretty quiet day, five for 81 for uh, no touchdowns and a 16.2 average. That's way below what he's averaged so far this year. And he was really getting shut down. Here's the thing, though. Adams, 4 for 76, was making big plays early in this game. But then Slay got X-factored. It really shut him down. They were able to play zone coverage and double coverage on Fowler. And that's what opened it, things up for Eifert. Uh, but Green Bay didn't just adjust uh, as quick as you probably expected them to do. Looking at some defensive stats before we get out of here. Savage Jr. played outstanding for them. This guy seemed to be all over the field making plays. But here King was the guy that, that made a couple of big interceptions. And I know Slay's on here. Here he is. Two tackles, three assists for five total, and then four massive interceptions that were in big pivot key moments of the game when Green Bay had an opportunity to kind of put their foot on the gas, put their foot on the throat, so to speak, whatever sports analogy you want to use, and really put this game away. And it just seemed like no matter what, he was trying to get the ball to Fowler. You could feel him itching for that. Like Fowler only had two catches, I think, in the first, you know, two 
maybe two and a half, two and three quarters of the game. And then all of a sudden you can see he start trying to push the ball to Fowler. And that's when Slay was covering him and we get some pretty easy picks. So that was my game of the week. A good battle between two NFC North teams. The Lions really needed that win to keep pace with the Chicago Bears. And the Packers really needed that win if they were going to turn the season into something um, that they were proud of and something that they could uh, really sink their teeth in and, and like really start to turn things around. They weren't able to do that, and it was because of the decision-making of Rodgers because really this game took a hard swing, and he could have easily just ran that clock out, made some smarter plays at Rodgers, put this game away. Same could have been said for Detroit, who jumped out to the early lead. They both kind of just went back and forth. It was just one of those really weird games to watch, entertaining games to watch, uh, but one that uh, probably doesn't do well for the stomach and heart for either one of these owners. So a good game, good game of the week, and that was really fun to watch. Before we get out of here and move on to our next subject, I want to <clears throat> talk about some of our partners that we have here at the OMFL. Sorry that this takes so long. There's kind of no way around it, but i like to make a shout-out, a quick shout-out to all of the people that kind of sponsor us here. Let's see if we can pull this up. There's a list of our partners that sponsor with us in a variety of ways. We're going to talk about our first one, Daddy Leagues. DaddyLeagues.com. You need to go visit his website. Daddy Leagues is the premier place to host your Daddy Leagues website for Madden 20, Madden 21, probably Madden forever. Hopefully, Poppy keeps this thing going forever. It's the key place to keep for stats, even for articles, for um, yeah, power rankings, for uh, games of the week, if you want standings, anything and everything that you want tracked, a big portion of what we use Daddy Leagues for is going to be fantasy football. It even tracks a fantasy football thing on there. We've turned that into a game and an incentive here in the OMFL. And so Daddy Leagues uh, just offers a lot of different ways that you can host your league and, and create new opportunities for your owners to stay engaged in your CFM and if you're a commissioner in any type of Madden League, even if it's a fun one with you know 10 of your local buddies that live nearby, <clears throat> it's worth investing the $35 to get you a Daddy Leagues website. So go support them. Uh, check out our web postings on their forum. Uh, you'll see that we have over like 50,000 views. It's been up for a couple of years, and uh, it's something that I kind of take pride in that uh, it is a premier way for us to advertise for the OMFL and make sure that we're finding the best owners to come and be a part of our community be a part of our league. And I want to talk about new beginnings. It is the new year. And this is kind of an opportunity uh, for me to talk about teams or players, I should say, that need a new beginning. And so usually we've got multiple people here on the show. And so you're getting multiple different uh, perspectives. But uh, the one that really comes to mind is one of the bigger ones in the league. The 49ers went out and they spent a large portion of their cap and their money on a quarterback. They bought in Mitch Trubisky, who's actually rated lower than the current quarterback that he's got. You can see here, he's got a fat contract. $24.9 million is the penalty that he would carry. So legally, by our league rules, you can't even cut this guy. Now, he did bring some athleticism, a little bit more speed and acceleration, uh, but he's got less of an arm. Uh, he's got less sharp and medium accuracy, less deep accuracy, a little bit better thrower on the run. And he is a little bit younger. Uh, 
Garoppolo is 29, Mitch Trubisky is 27. And so Mitch was one of these players, I think, that would have fit in this bucket last year of a player that needed a new beginning, a player that needed a new team and a fresh start. But he's here on the 49ers. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy who needs a fresh start. He needs a new beginning. Uh, now, he was offered up for trade, but he does carry a pretty hefty price tag, being a 79 overall, being a quarterback, being a guy that has some playmaking ability. I would love to have him on the Saints today. I uh, tried to make something happen. I just didn't have enough ammo in the bucket. Uh, I couldn't afford to trade the players and take the cap hit that it was going to take. And so hopefully I can make a, a run at him this offseason if he's out there. Um, but Jimmy G is a guy that still has a lot of talent. He's only 29 years old. So I think you can maybe get two, three, four seasons out of him. He, he gives you some speed. 74 is not bad. 81 acceleration means he can move around in the pocket a little bit. He can get out of there if he needs to and maybe even pick you up a, a five-yard first down. As somebody who had Drew Brees for a long time, who was way less than 74 speed, trust me, he can pick up a first down from time to time when you catch a team in zone. Jimmy G can do that for you, and he can do that pretty well. His 90 throwing power is going to put him towards the top in this league as quarterbacks with the bigger arm. This guy's got a cannon still at 90. He can still make every throw at 90 short. 83 medium that could use a little work but that could be easily added to and adjusted with it's some 83 deep accuracy in my opinion is plenty big enough i mean uh, he's pretty accurate with the deep accuracy so to me jimmy g really has everything you can even see he adds in a 76 break sack so from occasionally he'll get pressure he's going to break out of it and be able to make a play for you he's got the 85 play action so he's really good in play action these are the one move that if i got to sit down with dawson and really help him think through his team and think through where he spent his money this was a bit of a head scratcher for me i played against him when he had jimmy g jimmy can make all the throws he can make all the plays for them uh, he was really good at just like uh, making those quick, quick throws, and he had speed on the outside. Uh, I just didn't think that this was a great investment for a quarterback who technically on paper is not better, and he isn't playing better right now. We can uh, maybe even come, uh, let's see, let's bring this up. I think we can look at some stats here. Let's look at some stats and see what we can see. I think it'll show some stats. Uh, stats. Here we go. All right, so you can see this past year, he still was a 3,000-yard passer. Uh, he had 17 touchdowns. The 31 interceptions is stupid. I mean, his last two seasons, you can see those numbers are pretty, pretty high. But, like, as an owner, you got to kind of take some of that on yourself. Um, he, he was sacked a lot, so it shows you that I probably needed to invest that money into the offensive line. But he had 64 completion percentage with an 8.2 completion or yards per attempt uh, in, in every attempt that he threw in 187 yards a game. That number's pretty low, um, but you could work on those things. This guy could still play, and I think his stats kind of back that up. Let's compare it to what Mitch Trubisky's doing right now. We'll even see last year's on Mitch Trubisky. So this year so far, 80.9, so a little bit better than what Jimmy had last year. 1,500 yards already, but the nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, that ratio is closer. 
Uh, but they're still high on that interceptions, 62%, the same as Jimmy G, 8.5, actually a little lower than what Jimmy G had last year. 19 sacks already this year. We still have a half a season plus to play. He's already given up 19 sacks, which tells you that he should have invested some into that offensive line. His yards per game are much better, um, but it's also a much smaller uh, sampling size. Now, if we look at what he did last year, he did have a better year than Jimmy G last year. He had 3,300 yards, 14 touchdowns, only 18 picks. Totally different owner, though, so completely different play style, completely different team. He did pass for 60%, and he averaged 9.5 yards per attempt and 207 yards a game. I just don't see the massive gap there to go and invest in Trubisky. So for my money, give me Jimmy G for a fresh start. You put Jimmy G on... I, I mean, I'm spitballing here, but um, what teams do I think he would fit well on? Um, the Jaguars, now I know that they got Hant Watson, um, so maybe the Jets. I think Jimmy G on the Jets would be spectacular. Uh, I think Jimmy G on the Lions, now they have O'Neal, who I like a lot. He's actually playing really, really well, so maybe that's not a good one. Jimmy G on the Packers and Cut Rogers and his massive contract that he just gave him. Jimmy G on the Panthers, I think, would be really, really good. Jimmy G on my Saints would be amazing. I think Jimmy G on the Patriots, he's much better than McAllister. And I know McAllister doesn't solve, I mean, Jimmy G doesn't solve the long-term problem for the Patriots. But you put Jimmy G on this roster, let Jake really continue to develop. This is an automatic playoff team, in my opinion. Uh, the Raiders, I think, are okay. The Rams are definitely okay. The Ravens are definitely okay. Redskins have hacking, so they're okay. My Saints could definitely use Jimmy G. Uh, Seahawks are fine. Steelers are fine. They have golf. Uh, Watkins, Titans, I think, are fine. Yeah, they have Mariota. And the Vikings have been struggling, but they've got some pretty good um, quarterbacks that they've been investing into here. Um, some young guys that they've went out and, and, and drafted and, and started to develop. So, I, I, But I think you put Jimmy G on this roster and he probably makes a, a few more throws than these guys are. So Jimmy Th G, I think, immediately could go to a new team and get a brand new fresh start and begin to play much, much better for that team and could have helped a whole lot of teams had he been put on the market a little bit earlier. But I also think the 49ers could have saved a ton of money, invested that money somewhere else, and uh, done something better with his team and with his money uh, other than investing into a very high-priced um, quarterback when you already really had one. Right, let's talk about some more sponsors here in the OMFL before we move on to our, our next subject here. I think our next one is going to be Lead Crawler. I hate that this takes so long to load, guys. <clears throat> yep, it is Lead Crawler. So Matt over at Lead Crawler has created this um, amazing website. I talk about it each and every week and I know a lot of people are like, well, why do you talk about these guys? It's I want to support what they're doing, right? And uh, we get a lot of views on our videos. We get a lot of new people checking out our content, and a lot of people in the community checking out our content. And I want to make sure that they know the people who support us and people who they should be supporting. And I think every owner here in the OMFL, every owner that plays in a Madden League here in the Grown Folks Online community should be supporting Lead Crawler. Leadcrawler.com. Matt is one of the more uh, great guys that we have in the Madden community. He's super supportive. He's super friendly. He's always willing to go out of his way. He's always trying to be creative and create something new and doesn't get nearly the credit that he should for what he has created at leadcrawler.com. There you can create a profile. On that profile, you can 
give yourself a rating. You can give other owners a rating. You can give leagues a rating. Leagues can give you a rating. And so it helps leagues and owners uh, be able to, to kind of get through the muck and the mire of what's bad and ugly out there and really find uh, the places that uh, fit their style and fit what they're looking for. So leaguecrawler.com, go support Matt. Leaguecrawler.tv uh, is one of the cooler um, communities that you can go and watch Madden games from all over the place. Uh, league, different leagues sign up for different portions, and uh, weekly they are hosted on leaguecrawler.tv. We used to be hosted there, but kind of moved to a, a more set schedule, and we don't have a set schedule that we can ever do anything. And so um, leaguecrawler.tv, go and support them and make sure that uh, you let Matt know how much we appreciate him. All right, let's move to new opportunities. Now, this is going to be something new. Again, it's the, the new year, and so we're going to look at what new opportunities could be out there for different teams. Here in the chat today, they had this interesting conversation, um, and I'll be honest with you, I moved that conversation to the boardroom with some different ideas that came out of that conversation in the main chat. This is an idea I've chewed on for a long time, and I can let you know now, it seems like the board's going to probably shoot it all down. I don't know that the board will ever fully support my ideas. Uh, if I ever do something, I may have to just do it. Uh, I just kind of like, hey, I'm doing this, and so we all got to suck it up. I don't know that I'll ever do that. And uh, it, the reasons are because I, it's, I don't want to lose owners over it, and I think this could bring us to a place that loses owners. But the idea is what do you do with um, a bunch of coaches who can't seem to get over the hump, and they're stuck with bad teams, and they've stuck with bad decision-making, and they're stuck in – divisions where they're just getting ran over time and time again and so there's no real competition for them to grow and get better uh, there's no real rivalries that are being formed there what if we had an idea where owners on the bottom half after a certain period of time could kind of get mixed and mingled and get some new teams some fresh opportunities some new starts and so this is where this idea came from is what teams out there could use some new opportunities. So we're looking at sub 500 teams, maybe teams that have struggled over the past season and a half. Which ones out there, if they were given a new team, if they were given a new opportunity, could get a fresh start? My first one was to think about Dawson and the 49ers. Now, this is an easy one. He's sitting at 0 and 7. He's pretty frustrated. Uh, and I feel that, and we want to help him, and we're trying to help him figure it out. But I'm telling you, I used to play in Dawson's division when he was the Rams, and he was a completely dominant player. He was in the NFC Championship game. He pushed in the playoffs. He was always one of the top defensive teams. I just think with the 49ers, uh, he's made a couple of bad throws. I think he's allowed Madden 19 to still be stuck in his head. And so Madden 19 was not a game that he enjoyed. And he's still kind of living off the like the bad fumes from Madden 19 into Madden 20. And I think he's made some bad decisions around the quarterback scenario. I think he thought Trubisky was going to step in and all of a sudden solve all of his problems. But that's not what makes Dawson a good player. What makes Dawson a good player is a tremendous defense, which he still has. He's only given up 186 points against through seven games. That's a really good uh, stretch. Uh, let's even look at it. I bet, I bet you it puts him towards the top half of the league. And these teams are stupid. But 186 is still going to put him... put him middle of the pack maybe a little bit he's gonna put him around 22 somewhere in there uh but this is still a good team right and i just think that with a fresh start if he had a fresh opportunity to go to a new team my bad 
I hate that I'm on camera for this stuff. I can't even play it off. Uh, if he was given a fresh team, if he's given a brand new opportunity to go to a new team and try to start all over again uh, with a really solid defense, a great running game, and a quarterback that can make a few throws, if he could change that mindset and change his playbook and change uh, how he thinks about his his program and how he thinks about his play style and his play calling, then I think he'd be a much better start. But we've talked about the 49ers tonight, so I didn't want to use a ton of time on them. And so I'm going to talk about one that I really think could use a brand new fresh start, and that's Priest and the Packers. Now, Priest and the Packers have been, I don't know even how to say this, like an up and down team, but mostly down. I mean, just to be honest, he's been one of those teams that have always been in the bottom half of the league outside of maybe a handful of games where he played pretty good and made a deep run and even made the playoffs, I think, a couple times. But overall, a guy that knows how to draft pretty well, knows how to build a, a pretty good offense and find offensive weapons, but really struggles with play calling, really struggles with pushing the ball where it shouldn't be pushed, and really struggles with defense and uh, keeping really good defensive players around him and around his team. Uh, this is just a guy that I think, you took him off his favorite team. Uh, you gave Dawson his favorite team. Dawson, I think, would immediately be playing much better. But you take Priest off of the Packers. You give him a team that he actually has you know, no love for. I think immediately he starts to play much better. I think immediately he starts to win uh, because I think there's no uh, personal love connection to some of these players that he holds on to, like an Aaron Rodgers, which I think has been his downfall because he – tries to put the ball in triple, quadruple. He put it in six-person. I don't even know what you would call that. Six-tuplet? No, that's twins. I don't know what you call that. Six-person coverage the other day against the Lions. It was just it was the craziest thing ever. Um, so I think if you move him to a different team where he isn't so tied, that that fresh start would be good for him. Get him into a, a, a division where maybe he can compete a little bit more, uh, maybe get a taste for winning, I think he'd start to care a little bit more. I think that's some of Priest's deal that he's just super laid back. If you ever talk to him, play with him, hear him, uh, he's just he's so laid back that he doesn't care. And so that's why he doesn't care about throwing a triple coverage and quadruple coverage. He doesn't care if he throws 50 interceptions because he actually doesn't care all that much about winning. He just wants to have fun and put up a bunch of big numbers and, um, and go draft really well. So, I just think that the Packers could use a fresh start. I'd love to see Dawson as the Packers. I think him having his team would make him not hate this game as much. It, it would make him maybe hang in there a little bit longer. Um, and I think with Priest in a new team that maybe he would just take his time a little bit longer and uh, really start to build up a solid team. So my new opportunities team would be the Green Bay Packers. I'd love to see Green Bay give up his favorite team. It'll never happen. I doubt it would ever happen, but one could dream and one could wish that that could happen. All right, we're getting close to the end here. Let me talk about our Xbox partners, Mr. Soden over at SodenBowl.com. Uh, so Soden Bowl is a Madden League. They've been on one of our shows before, and he's let us interview him before. So he kind of told his entire history about how Soden Bowl became like a buddy-buddy league to this real large Xbox league. 
again, they put out some of the best graphics, some of the best video, uh, some of the best content that you'll see in the Madden community. Um, and they, along with a couple of other guys out there, really pushed us to step up our game and try to get where we are today. Um, and they've just been a, a good partner uh, I, I don't know how much of our stuff that they help push out there if anybody's here from some bowl, but we make sure to try to push their stuff as often as we see it because it's really good stuff. And uh, anytime somebody comes to us and goes, oh, you're an ex you're a PlayStation only community. I only have an Xbox. I didn't see that part. We send them over to Southern Bowl. I know a few of our guys here played there. I think one of our guys actually quit playing PlayStation and, and just went there and, and plays on Xbox. I uh, hope they're having a good time with him. Uh, but anyway, uh, there are Xbox One partners. I hope that uh, you guys support them. Go check out some of their content. Anytime you see their tweets, um, their likes, their YouTubes, any of their stuff, just support what they're doing. Leave them some comments and um, support anything that they've got out there because anytime we support um, really, really great content for this community as a whole, I think it puts more eyes on it, the more eyes that are on it, Hopefully the more Madden will take note and uh, hopefully give us a little bit more attention about what we need, what we want as a CFM community. All right, now we're going to move to our last one before we get to the mailbag, and that's called New Solutions. Well, what the hell is a new solution? Well, this was an idea of who is out there <clears throat> as a rookie uh, player in this league, and this isn't a good way. To, there's actually no good way to look at rookies. Um, let's see. I don't think that we're at awards yet. Oh, that's not what I wanted. Uh, but what rookies are out there are new solutions in this league. Guys that you better pay attention to because if you don't pay attention to them, uh, they're going to burn you. So uh, actually, the, the yearly awards are not up just yet. Yeah, I think that's the only place to actually see them. Um, yeah, it is. So let's see if we can find some guys on here. I, this is the one area that I was hoping to, to have time to research and actually didn't have a whole lot of time to research. I can tell you right now who the quarterback is going to be, and that's going to be the Detroit Lions. But you better take note of what Jake McAllister and the Patriots are doing. He knows how to build players really well. He's been on all 22 many, many times. Uh, I played against this kid. He makes some really good throws. He makes some knucklehead throws. You'll, you'll get that with a rookie. But I really, really like uh, with this kid over um what the detroit lions is doing i guess it's just because i watched him he's not a rookie i know but this is his maybe i'm wrong about that maybe this isn't his first full year starting and maybe he doesn't count so maybe the first one that i went to is the guy but i really do like what ralph o'neill is doing in detroit if you look at the rushing yards though you can see smash just talked about him right here uh, there's some good running backs out there. Hines, 105 carries, 51, 541 yards. He was our kind of like stud halfback last year. Uh, Breda, 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 I don't have you say his name. 100 for 810 yards. Elliott, 107 for 175 or 750 yards. This rookie is number three. 83 carries, only 83. He's 20-something carries behind all of these guys. 614 yards, a 7.4 yard per carry, and eight touchdowns already. Immediate difference maker that this league and this community better take note of. If they can get some of their quarterback situations figured out, I think that they are onto something there with their running back. Of course, we know all about the guy that I think all of us have talked about time and time again, Benjamin Fowler with the Green Bay Packers at receiver. 
this guy's got all the tools. He can do it all. He's got every tool that you could ask for. 39 receptions, 733 yards. Now, the Lions did a pretty good job of shutting him down, but overall, he's been tearing everybody up. A little bit of the force, the ball to him, and I think that's going to come back to haunt him as he plays better teams. He's only got one touchdown on the year. Um, his other guy, whose name is slipping my brain all of a sudden, somebody's going to know it, and I don't know why. It's just it's late at night, so I'm forgetting his name. Um, Adams, Devontae Adams, has all the touchdowns. He seems to be catching all the touchdowns. But this guy is big, he's tall, he's fast, and I watched what Priest does. He just lobs it up in the middle of triple, double. If you got single coverage, it's definitely coming up, and this big guy goes up and makes a play. It's unbelievable to watch what, what excuse me, Fowler has done as a rookie out of Ole Miss 6'6". This guy is just making play after play after play. Let's see if there's any rookies that are going to kind of stand out here on defense. Here we go. We got Bradley Locklear, a Dolphins free safety. I think this is one of the like really fast free safeties that were in the draft this past year. Already 43 tackles. Here's what I like about it, though. 25 of them were all on his own. Five interceptions. Five interceptions is going to put him towards the top. Now, of course, after that Green Bay Packers game, Slay is kind of running away with this. But you can see it ties him for third in this league as a rookie already. Uh, and that's pretty spectacular, especially for uh, a free safety. Now, he's tied with a bunch of people, but there's a really bunch of good players in this league. And uh, he's going to be one that I, I think the teams are going to have to start to take note of and start to say, oh, where's this guy out on this Dolphins team? Quietly, Kevin is rebuilding that roster to be really, really, really good. And people better take note and, and better understand that, hey, there's a good team starting to be built in in, uh, in Miami. That's the word I'm looking for. And, you, and AFC better be on alert because once Kevin kind of figures that out and starts to put good players on the field, uh, he's going to be right back in the playoff hunt. He's going to be right there pushing everybody in the AFC. There's not a lot of good sack leaders here. I know that my defense, defensive tackle's up there. Um, he's got more than this, though. I don't know why that's not showing up. Let's see. I know there's some rookies up here. Just because I want to say that, it's not going to show any. Let's see if I can pull it up on my phone real quick. Because I know we got some defensive tack on defensive end rookies that I wanted to hit on really fast uh, before we move into the last section. I had to sneeze, and I saved you all from that. So, congratulations. I, uh... I helped you out. All right, let me pull this up real quick. I know that this isn't on the screen, um, but it's kind of the best that I can do since loading it on this thing is going to take forever. All right, let me show you a couple of rookie standouts here uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Against, we, we've already talked about Bradley Locklear. Yeah, I don't know why the rookies aren't showing up in the sacks. Uh, Bradley's leading rookies in tackles, and he's leading rookies in interceptions. And then the sacks are going to be led by uh, my guy, which again,
I don't know why this kind of went real low all of a sudden, but talking about the Miami Dolphins and building a lot of, of really great talent over there. Watch this kid right here. Solomon Stinson. This was a left hand. I loved him. I had my eye on him. I think he got him in maybe like the second or third round, somewhere like that. Um, 11 tackles, 13 assists, 24 tackles total, eight of those for loss and four sacks. So this guy's coming off of the end for the Miami Dolphins and making plays. He's got his free safety in the back making plays for him. Miami Dolphins are slowly putting together a really, really good team. And uh, I can't wait to kind of see what they continue to do and how they continue to rebuild this roster. All right, that's going to bring us to our last, uh, I think our last partner. Maybe, or maybe we've already talked about all of our partners and maybe it's just mail time already. Let's see, we talked about Daddy Leagues, we talked about League Crawler, we talked about Silver Bowl. Let's see who else we got out here. Shopmaster, I knew that there was one more. So Mr. Shopmaster, Shopmaster uh, is again, a lot like Matt with League Crawler, just one of the better guys in the community and the league. I really like him a lot. Um, he's been nothing but nice to me and to the league and, and really generous with his time. Uh, he let us interview him. He's an EA game changer. I don't think they call him game changers anymore. I think they're called like influencers or something like that. But um, he's just one of the bigger guys in the community. Um, and he's just doing some really cool work. So go to shopmaster.com, support what he's doing for 2K and for Madden. He's doing some cool franchise stuff. He's got a great website with lots of content. He's always one of the first guys that breaks like news and different things that's coming out. I just, I think Shopmaster is a great dude and I really uh, enjoy what he's added to our community and appreciate his partnership. All right, it's going to bring us to our last segment and that's going to be time for uh, a little mailbag. See if we can't get this thing to how do we refresh? This is how we refresh. All right, we're gonna refresh this thing. We're gonna get it and look at a couple of, of questions, one of which I know will already annoy me as I've already started to hear about uh, Outlaw and posting about B Hog. Um, I don't know why he, he enjoys doing that, but he's Outlaw, so he likes to be different. Uh, I think we talk, I need to go fix a lot of these. I know <clears throat> that's my bad. Uh, and I will. Um, is that from today? No, we talked about this. I think that's where we stopped is we stopped on Outlaw. Yep, we stopped on Outlaw. So we're going to pick up right here with Dan Brew. He says, have you made a trade Meta 20 that in hindsight you regret? Or did you not pull the trigger on a trade now that you wish you would have? I'm going to say that one. I think that would be a great question to have more than just my insight. I think that would be Really, really good. Who's your pick to win the national championship and why? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know why my hat looks so freaking big on camera. It's not that big in real life, I promise you. Um, maybe just because I got this freaking stupid lid flipped. Uh, I, too, love Jerry Burroughs. That's not a question. I, too, love him, and I hate that he's going to be a Cincinnati Bengal here pretty soon, and you guys are going to ruin him. Sorry, Cincinnati Bengals fans, but that's what's going to happen. Um so, you know, I mean, I could sit here and I just don't see anybody stopping that offense. Watching the two teams tonight before I turned it off, I was like, neither one of those teams are going to keep pace. And to beat LSU, that's the only way. you got to keep pace. Unless you're Auburn with three NFL players on your defensive line that can, you know, uh, hold LSU in the red zone four or five times, I think is what happened. They held them to field goals and, and stopped them on the fourth down twice and just some crazy stuff. Unless you can do that. Um, you got to keep pace, and neither one of those teams I think are going to be – they're not Auburn's defensive line, 
They're not going to have that red zone defense, and they're definitely not going to be able to keep pace. I think what you've seen against Oklahoma is what you're going to see in the national championship game. I really think in a, uh, the LSU Tigers are, are that good. And call me a homer. I don't give a flip. Uh, the stats back it up. And 14-game sample shows that uh, I don't think anybody's going to be able to keep pace. And, um, yeah, we'll see. Question number one from Big Hurt. How much does Nate really love Trey Burrow? What kind of rating does he have next, Matt? That does not count as a question. I'm not counting that. Uh, I do like Joe Burrow a lot. Don't love him nearly as much as we love Drew Brees. I'd love to have him on my team, though, without a shadow of a doubt. I have no clue what his Madden rating is going to be, isn't it? I, I don't understand NFL rookie and their ratings at all. Uh, who in the cycle would you rate top five owners and why? Not saying wins is a measuring stick. That's a really good question. I want to save that when I, I get more people on because I think that's a, a good save question. But that's a really good one. I like that one. Uh, being that we're halfway through the season, who would be in place to make the biggest leap up or down next season? That's a really, really good question. And to do that, I want to kind of I want to hop back over into the CFM to look at some of these ratings. So you're asking who could make a big jump up or down next season. Well, let's just see who's there. The Colts. We know that they're going to stay. They've already made their move with luck. They've got young running backs. They've got a young defense. I don't see them moving anywhere. I think the Falcons always have potential to dip down. You're never quite sure what's going to happen, but I think the D-Money has continued to figure out ways to use our rules to his benefit and keep his players good as long as possible. Um, I do think that his team is getting old quick, and that's going to come back to haunt him. I don't know that he's drafted really well, and even if he's drafted superbly when you're drafting 32 each and every year, if you guys just stop giving him freaking high picks, um, you know, there's only so much that you can do there. I think he has some potential, but he's such a great player. I don't, I just don't see him making a big leap back. Maybe he's not super elite and blowing everybody out, but I think he's still a top 10 coach in this league. I think he's probably the best play caller in this league. Um, and so that's going to keep him towards the top five in this league. Titans at five and one. I think that there's some opportunity to step back here. I think they're they're invested into a quarterback who's not getting younger. I think they've got an aging defense. Um, I think the Titans have the biggest chance, as well as the Cowboys, to take a step back next season. I think my Saints do as well. I do have a young defense, but um, that offense is struggling. And I don't have a quarterback. And until you get a really good, strong, long quarterback, um, we'll just kind of have to see exactly what happens. Um Let's talk about some teams that could, could leap up. Let's talk about some teams I think that could make a leap forward. I'm always going to support Dawson and the 49ers. I know what he has in him. I know what his team has in it. I think that he has the biggest opportunity. Maybe not top 10. Maybe not top 5. Um, but definitely in top 15. I think he does. Pepper can always turn it on. He's got young quarterback in Daniel. He's got the young running back in Saquon. He's rebuilding that defense. <clears throat> He's got opportunity if he can stay out of his own head, to start to make plays. He's in a really good division with really good owners, and that's going to hurt him. But Pepper's a good player. He can turn things around. Texans and Savante is going to take some time. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Raiders and Broncos are two weird teams. Sometimes they play really well, and they make a deep push. Sometimes they fade away like they are right now. So you never really know what you're going to get from them. I'm never going to put all of you know my nuts in that bag, so to speak. Um, the Bills, I think, always have an opportunity. If Outlaw can kind of get out of his own head, 
I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But here's the team that I've talked a lot about that I think has the biggest chance. I'll even say the Panthers in here. Um, and I guess if you count the Jets, uh, they're two and four, but they're always up there. These four teams, Dolphins, Panthers, Jets, Patriots, these are really good teams. And I don't even know if you would count the Jets and Patriots because I don't necessarily think they've taken a step back. I think sometimes you just have a couple of bad games. It's the holidays. You're not focused. But the Panthers and Dolphins are definitely two teams that have been in the back for a while that I definitely see taking a leap by next year. I think you're talking about two top 10 teams here, two teams that will compete and maybe there with the Panthers, right? If he's taking a step forward and the Falcons just take like half a step back, maybe there's some opportunity there for him to make some noise and make some plays. So that's a good question. And I think that there's definitely some teams there um, that have the opportunity to go and, and make some noise and, and make a leap for it. I, I don't know how many will take a step back. I think you just never know what's going to happen there and, and who's going to take a step back and, and who won't take a step back. All right, let's see what kind of questions we have here to wrap things up. All right, let's get to outlaws here. Uh, who has a team draft for next Madden been disgusting? Has a team draft? Um, I'm not going to really count that as a question. I, it will, it's been discussed. It will probably be voluntary like we did last year. Not really a question, though. Um, and outlaw, you're actually pretty good at questions, so expect a better question than that. Uh, who's the best rookie from this last, last draft? I think we started to talk about that. I really like uh, the quarterback for the Patriots, whose name is slipping my brain all of a sudden. The Bears, I think, by far has had the best uh, player overall. Now, a lot of people could talk about the Packers receiver, but um, he's being force-fed the ball. He's coming with a lot of interceptions. He's coming with a stud quarterback. I don't know that the Bears have a stud offensive line, but yet we see his running back is making a lot of plays for him. And so you got to kind of give him the nod and say, well, he, he's probably one of the better rookies that we've seen come out of draft class in, in quite some time. Um, so I would go with the Bears in that one. Um, and I, I think a couple of the defensive players have potential, especially that Dolphins safety uh, with five interceptions already. He definitely has potential to be one of those players. And then offensive line, you never know. There's some really good offensive line that came out. There's not really a whole lot of sexy stats or so to speak that you can you can talk about it takes a lot of homework at least to go find out about them um why do so many of the drafted rookie offensive linemen have normal development make it hard to build them anything we could do about it? there's nothing we can do about it uh i think penguins is working on an idea just around development in general and how we approach it where we would actually take it out of the game's hands and put it in our hands the problem with that is they're going to be some really upset owners. And so it's going to have to pass by 75% vote by the league, and we're going to give it a test run. So it's a long way from being finished product. It'd probably be like the trade calculator that starts off really well. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And it's just going to have to develop over years. Um, as of right now, there's nothing we can do about it. But moving into the future, there could be something we could do about it. Uh, but it will have to be earned by the owner. Um, and I don't know why they come out with Norma. I think Madden doesn't do their draft classes all that great. I think they could do a better job. And, and maybe it's um, uh, maybe it's something that I could do a little something about. But I just I don't want to start getting into um, editing too much. If if that makes sense, I, I think that I keep my head way above water here, and I've earned enough respect here that. I don't think anybody would ever, you know, accuse me of cheating. I think my drafts show that, that I'm just like everybody else. Um, 
I, when I do edit these players, because there are a few low-rated players that I go in, I, I put it, usually put four to six sleepers in the draft. I don't, I bump up like one or two of their ratings that are already good and make them a little bit better, and then give them a, a, a Devo upgrade. Um, I don't write names down. I don't draft it. I don't even remember five minutes after I do them. But we start talking about like top-rated offensive line, giving them some like star and superstar developments and stuff. I don't know. That just kind of goes into a slippery slope. I also don't know that it's untrue that they all have normal development. Nah, I don't know that that's true, to be honest, because I'm not, I'm starting to think I have an offensive lineman that has superstar development um, that Rob actually helped me pick up off of the, the streets that he found. Um, so I'm pretty sure there's some out there. I would agree with you. A lot of them are going to be normal, but a lot of players are normal. Now, since he will big hurt get rolled on by D Money, all this chalk that has been with all this chat talk, he has been talking on him. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, there's no way that the Panthers and Big Hurt don't get rolled in another season. Maybe we can talk. Uh, I don't see anybody not getting rolled by D Money unless his team starts taking some massive steps backwards, but. Guys, he's winning with freaking Freeman and uh, Matt Ryan and a 55-year-old Julio Jones. I, I, he's got great players, and great players with a great play caller is going to be really tough to beat. Uh, D-Wayne, how do you build your team? Offense first, defensive first, skill positions over trench warriors. Uh, biggest team surprises getting bad this season. I'm going to save the second one. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of tackle the first one. I need to go through and update this uh, tomorrow. Uh, so somebody sent me a, a reminder to do this. Um, I, I think a couple of things. I think that my team building has changed over the years. I used to build through the draft in a lot of trades. For some reason, uh, the past like two, three Maddens, um, my teams have not been sexy to trade with. And so a lot of guys have not traded with me. It's been really hard to find good trades. Um, I, I think some teams uh, are really good about finding out what they need and going out and hustling and, and, and figuring that out. Well, good. We're playing Clemson. Yay, LSU. Um, that's going to be a blowout. I just personally think that. Maybe not. I could be totally wrong. But I do see that maybe getting ugly. Um, so I've, I've kind of had to shift that to you kind of have what you got. How can you build around that? And I've kind of moved to moving some of the easier, lower pieces that don't cost a lot for some of those like second, third, fourth round picks. Uh, this Madden, I've even, you know, with Colin, we've kind of gotten into like the Patriots thing where I'm trading current picks for future picks that could be even better. Um, and that's kind of working out for me. So if, if you were asking me here today, though, how do I build this team? 100%, it's in the trenches. I'm going offensive and defensive line, 100%. That's where I'm going. Yes, the, the skill positions are sexy, and yes, it's awesome to get a, a quarterback in the first round. I think it's awesome to get a stud, you know, six-two receiver that can run ninety-five speed. Um, I think the, there's only two positions that, if a absolute can't miss superstars, there that I'm drafting over offensive line and over defensive line. It's quarterback and cornerback. In those two positions, if they're superstars that you can't miss, if they're going to come in day one, be a starter that you can develop. I'm taking those two positions. If you're not in the top 15, it's a good chance. If you're maybe the top 20, that you're not going to get one of those two. 
those two guys are going to be gone by then. And so now I'm, I'm investing in my offensive line. I'm investing in my defensive line. And I'm taking the best player available. And that means that if I have an offensive lineman that's ranked in the second round and I have a defensive end ranked in the first round, I'm taking the defensive end, right? Even if I don't need him, even if I got to move other pieces around, kind of fell into that bucket this year where Cam Jordan had to move out to outside linebacker in a 3-4 because there was no place for him on the defensive line to get all my best players on the field at the same time. And it was worth that investment. So Every team's got to have a quarterback. So if you have an opportunity to draft a quarterback, go do that. If not, if there's an opportunity for like a superstar, I'm talking 92 plus speed, 80s coverage, both man and zone. I'll give you like 78, 79 in one of those areas. A lot of speed, cornerback that can cover. You go draft those two skill positions. Wide receiver, I'm not drafting until second plus rounds. Running back third plus rounds, you know, we'll start talking about linebackers and and, and uh, safeties and things like that. Tight ends, we're looking at late second, third round on, right? Or, or kind of like best player. Like if I already got a good team and I'm, I'm just taking best player and one of those guys fall there, then you just kind of take the best player. But if you, you, you're drafting for need, if you're a low team that doesn't have a great defensive line and doesn't have a great offensive line, you're not going to win in this league, even if you go get Patrick Mahomes. If you don't have a great offensive line or a great defensive line to stop somebody, you're not going to win in this league. Yes, you got to have the Patrick Mahomes on your team somewhere at some time, but you better build those two front lines. And until you do that, you're not really going to win this in this league. And so I, I go trench warriors first, uh, using your words. <clears throat> unless there's quarterback or cornerback, and then I'm going with one of those. All right, let's talk about our last thing here, and that's just us, grownfolksoc.com. This is our website, grownfolksoc.com. There's a brand new All-22 that's out there. Uh, I was lucky enough to get Rob. Yeah, Rob uh, came on and talked about how to rebuild lower-rated teams. And so All-22 is kind of our experts, OMFL experts, coming on and sharing like a 15- to 35-minute podcast of their expertise and their perspective on where they do something really, really well. And so I feel like Rob is really good at rebuilding rosters and how you should look at rosters, how you should take the pieces that you already have and start to add to those pieces. So he came on with me and we had a great discussion about his Cardinals and kind of how you approach that and how you started to rebuild that team. So go check that out. There's a lot of really great content out there. The TFL and the Deuce have some new owners uh, that are pumping out content left and right. Uh, I'm constantly putting out PUBG and uh, uh, golf content constantly. Uh, we used to have a WWE league that used to put out a ton of content. So there's tons of really, really good stuff. Our Twitter is super duper active. So do us a favor, go follow our Twitter. You can find it up here. You can find our Twitch right here. I know it's an Instagram icon, but they didn't have a Twitch icon. So we use what we got, our YouTube page. Make sure you give us some subscriptions, some likes. We want comments during our shows. We want you to come view it. Um, we are, are have applied to be a a Twitch affiliate. They've invited us to apply. And so we applied for that last week. And um, that means you guys got to come support the stuff that we're putting out or we're not going to stay a Twitch affiliate. So keep supporting us. Download that Twitch app so you can easily get to it or just use Discord. You can get straight to it from the Discord app and support what we're doing. We want to see your chatting. Thanks for uh, Cincy Berg, who I know has been chatting throughout the night here with me tonight. Uh, it's been a whole lot of fun to have you on here. And we just want you to come and support our website 
and support what we're doing. There's tons of leaks here. Um, I can just talk about a few really quick before we get out of here. The NBC has probably been the longest uh, second league that we've had here. And they, they've went under uh, leadership change, but still uh, moving steadily. They just refilled a bunch of new owners here. And so the NBC is one of the best fast moving leagues that you could be in. Um, they're pretty straightforward. They're, they're no frills and you're going to get what you get. Uh, but good people there and a good league to go play in that's um, going to be more competitive than the OMFL because it's it, they, they allow for more stuff. And so you it, it, you can kind of just go in there and, and really dig at this game if you enjoy doing that stuff uh, and, and have a really competitive league that you can be a part of. The TFL, one of my favorite leagues here. Uh, Bloop has been such a massive piece of our community, as well as Cooley and others that play at the TFL, who the TFL is their home, but they make the OMFL feel like their home. And I just appreciate that. I say that time and time again, but I, I truly mean that. I try to help them wherever I can, whenever I can, and truly support what they're doing. So make sure that you guys do the same. The ATG, PFL, PFL Fantasy are, are quiet at leagues. Uh, they're still here. They're super active. Um, you don't see a lot of content from them. Now, if you go to our YouTube page, though, and you hit the ATG YouTube playlist, you will see a lot of content from them. So go check them out, support what they're doing. And then, of course, Mr. Maniac's baby that he started, the Deuce. It is our second league for the OMFL. It has uh, really become its own thing, which is something Maniac and I really worked hard to make happen. And I'm, I'm just really happy to see that finally happening. So congrats to the Deuce for making that happen and for all of those guys who really make that place their home. Um, we appreciate you for being a part of our community, and we're, we're glad that you guys are here. And then you see all of our partners that are there. Uh, there is a baseball league here that I think is going to be starting back up soon. Our wrestling league, they always kind of hold out hope, comes back. Uh, it is on a hiatus. We have a chat, and we still kind of talk and, and that kind of stuff. Our football club has been on a hiatus for a little while now just because we don't have a leader for it. Uh, the golf is still going really strong, and PUBG just about each and every night. So all kinds of stuff that you can get involved in and that you can be a part of. Uh, we appreciate everybody who creates content for our website and creates content for everybody here. So as a parting note, let me just talk about a couple messages that went out today. <clears throat> Some reminders uh, that I think I sent out to the owners. Number one is, is just kind of the rule change. One I've talked about here on Press Pass Live for a while. So I don't want to, you know, continue to talk about them. Um, it's the defensive one that kind of went out not long ago. Um, that became official today. So if you make any mass movements, you can't move your individual player. We had a couple teams that were kind of, you know, shifting players all around with their adjustment or two and then manually moving their guy to give them an advantage. And um it was too much of an advantage, and, and, and guys felt like it was it was taking advantage of game flaws. And so hopefully this will, will fix that. The other one, I'm kind of ashamed that has to be a rule here in the OMFL, but it, it kind of is what it is, right? And, and we kind of are where we are with it. And so there's only so much you can you can actually do. Um, and, and that's just the one around tanking. Um, look, there's only two guys, one guy for sure, two tops that – uh, have tanked here in the OMFL. Uh, of course, we know that D-Money tanked a couple seasons ago. It's been a while now. I know that everybody continues to give him a hard time about, but it's been it's been quite some time. Um, and then Cincyberg last year, and, and I think that one could be argued. I don't know how much of that he actually did tank. I think it's definitely suspicious, right, when you have a team that wins consistently 
goes on a very bad winning streak or losing streak, losing to teams he should never lose to, and then now is back winning again. Um, he's struggling, but anyway, I think that one suspicious at best. D money is 100% sure. But the problem is now that you have any time a good team all of a sudden starts to lose, which will happen. My team did it. Um, guys start getting that is he tanking? Is he tanking? Is he tanking? Um, that's unfortunate. So I hate that this is a rule, but it's more of just a policy just to say, hey, this is a real thing that's out there. And uh, if you try to do it, then there is a policy in place and you kind of know what that policy is. Uh, the other one is about desyncs. I think desyncs just happen. I don't know that anybody here ever has unplugged their stuff. Um, maybe it has happened and I'm just being um, oblivious. I don't know if that's a good word to use there, but uh, I, did, I just don't think that it happens. But we're asking that you do everything in your power to make sure it doesn't happen. Go out there, reset your stuff uh, before you play, and, and make sure that we get a good, solid opportunity um, to get games done. And that way, if we have a desync, we know we've done everything in our power to make sure that those are not happening. Um, and then finally, the other things are just around rule reminders. Uh, I'm watching a lot of games where I'm seeing three things a lot. A lot of the same play calls on offense. Uh, Double Zero and I talked about it. I, I commentated his game. You'll hear me talk about it. I've seen that freaking double post at least three, maybe four or five times. Um, that's just too many times. When you have 300 plays, you could run a post, just go run it out of a different play. I shouldn't see the same play four or five, six times. It just shouldn't be a thing here in the OMFL. Halfback cuts. I'm seeing guys, the second they take the handoff, they're going the opposite direction of where the play is supposed to go. That's never supposed to be a thing. That's not a cut. That's you holding the opposite direction before the guy even gets the ball. That just takes advantage of a lot of flaws. Your, your guy mute, moves unlike any other human should move. And I just it shouldn't be a thing. You should be allowed one cut anytime you want it, which is one gap. And two gaps can happen once in a blue moon, once a game, twice a game tops. Anything three or more, anything where you're going the opposite direction of where the play is supposed to go at the handoff, those are like not cool things. You shouldn't be doing them. Um, we shouldn't see, uh, you know, you shouldn't cut two gaps. You know, the play is supposed to go to the right. You cut two gaps to the center for three steps, and then you're back two gaps to the right. Like it, it should be some type. You know what it's supposed to look like, all right? And so I'm just kind of reminding players to let's be mindful of that. And then on defense, in my games, and then watching games and commenting games, I've seen a lot of cover two. I think I'm always going to have a little bit of a hair trigger when it comes to cover two zone. Um, it's not nearly as overpowered as it used to be, so I don't think it's as big of a problem. It's why we don't get as many complaints about it. But I'm definitely seeing a lot of cover two often. Um, and we just shouldn't see the same like back-to-back -back plays. It shouldn't be like cover two followed by cover two zone blitz. Like the no, like mix it up, do better, be better, um, find other plays, run the cover two blitz in three plays or something like that, run a different type of blitz. And the problem is guys are like, they love running that cover two zone blitz because they're getting pressure, but you're still covering everything short. So if the quarterback tries to get it out early, they don't have it because we know if you try to throw it long, you're probably using the safety and you can get over there and make a play. So in other words, you've created a play that can't be beat in FPR standards. 
And I just hate when guys start to use FPR standards as a way to get an advantage. FPR is supposed to even the playing field. That's what it stands for, fair play rules. It's a rule set to make sure that fair game games are fair and played evenly, where strategic and game um, play calling and team building means something and player ratings mean something. Not that you can call the right plays and use the right uh, advantages in the league rules to your advantage to create plays that can't be beat. And that's my problem, is that user players get a, a user speed burst that you don't see CPU players getting. If you use the safety, you play cover two, you're either A, you're going to get there with a great defensive line really fast, which means the quarterback can't get it out fast. B, you're playing a zone blitz on the cover two, and so you're sending extra heat, which is going to get there really fast, which means the quarterback's got to get it out fast. If you're playing the cover two zone, it's going to take away slants and drags. And now if I try to run a fly route on you, if I try to run a comeback route on you, and you're using the safety, and you bite on a play action, or you bite upwards to take away like a middle zone play, you can you know you can recover the fly. You can recover the streak, the nine, whatever you're going to call that route, or you can uh, come back and uh, make up for that comeback route. And so I, I just, again, I don't like it. It's not that you shouldn't call it. It's not that I don't expect it to be called a couple times a game. I just hate when I start seeing cover two, three, three times in a row. I hate when I start seeing it seven, eight, nine, ten times a game. Um, I hate when I see it four times in a row in uh, in the uh, goal line red zone, right, in that tight area. Um, I just think that we we could be better and we should be better. All right, this is going to bring us an end to our Press Pass Live. Number 156 is in the books, our last one for 2019. It's sad that I am doing this one alone. I wish that we had other people here. I miss my buddy Dwayne and Maniac being on the show. Even though Maniac was being a bit of a troll, I know that you played innocent and said you weren't and maybe even got your feelings hurt by me. Don't get your feelings hurt by me. I'm just trolling you back. But you know you like to troll my Tigers. Anyway, I miss my guys being on the show. Bloop was busy tonight. Rob was busy tonight. Uh, even Bill was going to take a chance and be the only guy on the show. Um, but he had some things come up, so he couldn't do it last minute. But we'll get Bill on the next one. Um, yeah, I'm just excited about what 2020 is going to bring. Um, I do think this is a good game, and I do think it plays really well, and it's much better than 18 or 19 ever was. Yes, it has its flaws. Yes, it has its weird areas, but I, I just hope that the group that's with us now stays. Um, I do expect some turnover. We always have some turnover in March to June uh, when those guys who were hanging on by a thread just finally say, hey, it's warm outside. I got better things to do with my time. I'm out of here, and then Come August, September, October, uh, they start to get the itch again, and and we miss those guys, and so we welcome them back. Hopefully that doesn't happen and everybody sticks here, but I know that Maniac and that team has been growing some really great guys in the deuce, and we will have some exciting guys to call up. But um, for the TFL guys, again, I just want to show my appreciation to all of you for making the OMFL not feel like a second league to you. Um, I do appreciate it, even though – Billy was talking bad about some of our gameplay the other day. Tisk on you guys who don't play right when you play Cooley. Um, and thanks to all the OMFL guys and guys who've stuck with us for a long time and the board who puts up with me and puts up with my crazy ideas and, and the, really the load of work that comes with running this league, much less running the whole community. So it's been a pleasure. And I'm excited about 2020. Can't see what it brings. And it is midnight, which means we're going to wrap this show up. Thank you guys for tuning in. 
watching the show. God bless you this week. Have a great and safe new year. We'll see you in 2020 next weekend for another Press Pass Live. Number 157 will come to you live, hopefully with some co-hosts. So until then, have fun playing your games. Have a great new year. Enjoy your family and friends. Be safe. God bless you. Have a great one. Peace.